There we go. From the smallest room in New York City, I, I've been depressed. It comes a show that gives you a reason to live. This up. week, crazy piece of video. An Asian guy being beaten by a couple of black guys. And it's not a hate crime. As it turns out, there's some kind of a, a rape uh, allegation or a sexual assault that he was trying to commit on a train. And he says he was, they, they say they pulled him off. We're going to talk about it right now with Dan Christman. How you doing, Dan? Well, I'm doing all right. Hey, do you see this video? Do you see this thing? No, I didn't see that video. You're shitting me. You haven't seen this? Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. I've seen many aggressive Asian men on the subway, though. <laughs> Have you really? Yeah. Trying to feel up women or something? Yeah, it's a crazy world out there. How do you try to uh, sexually assault a woman on the train? You know, that's what I don't get. It's uh, like either do it or you don't. You well, know what I mean? I mean what if the do guy or don't do. There is if, no try. What if the black guy was like Deion Sanders and intercepted him? Yeah, apparently that's what happened. But I mean, but then you don't know who the intended target was, if you know what I mean. Like, who knows if that would have happened? It's 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 like uh, at that point you're getting into a, a minority report kind of situation. I know what that Asian guy was thinking. He was looking right at her tits and walking towards her. He wasn't on his way to the library. You, you know what I'm saying? Unless his dick was out, I'm giving him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. I hear you. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's intense, though. Okay, so this this uh, video, then let's just uh, pull it right up. It's um, I I think uh, personally, um, it's it doesn't seem to be exactly as described. I'll just say that uh, because uh, we have okay. First of all, the New York Post, uh, they're. Uh, They've become a, a little irresponsible, I think, in their reporting. Uh, now, let me just, uh, I'll try to turn this around for you a little bit, give you an idea. Uh, see, this is the video uh, just before it begins. They're already holding him. There's no ev- There's no uh, video footage of him. Oh, watch your foot, please. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. There's no, uh, you know... Obviously, there's nothing recorded of him making any kind of a sexual assault on the train. And there's no, you know, we joined the beating in progress, sort of. But he's holding him now. I don't yeah, think the beating no, is going to start. There's no reason not to be suspicious looking at that guy either. What are you talking about? Just, like just going guy, on appearance? The, yeah. That guy over there no. tried touching me. <laughs> yeah, no. I, oh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt the lady for a second. Well, there's no lady involved. There's, you, there's no, should... there's no alleged, there's no uh, accuser. That's what I'm trying to say. There's no accuser. Only, uh, oh shit. Oh, so they were all hooking up, and they almost got caught, and they started beating the guy up. <laughs> well, I mean, now, now you change it. What's the reason for this poor guy to get attacked? For the reason for this poor guy to get attacked is allegedly there's some kind of a, you know, shenanigans here. They th- they say. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, okay. I'll tell you why. Because these—that's what these black guys were beating the guy, right? And the guy shooting the video claims that they claimed that <laughs> that the guy was about to sexually assault somebody. Okay, uh, a woman on the train. That's what they claim. That's what he claims that they claimed. But you don't hear that really. Uh, 
So they're saying touching girls, but I mean, it's a little vague. Yeah, but just in case he was, wouldn't you want to like stop him? Well, I I don't really. Like, what, like, all right. See, he's winding up to do this. Yeah. I got a daughter. Okay. That's evidence. But they're. Okay. You know, little vigilante justice. Little, uh, what do you call, uh, street justice. Here we go. Okay. So the tone changed once he starts throwing punches. Uh, so how do you feel about this? I bet you that kid's hands hurt. <laughs> the one that threw the punches. You think so? Yeah. At the hard skull of that Asian yeah. man? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you think of the idea that they're doing, you know, the right thing? How do you feel about that? Uh, listen, it, 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 that guy looked pretty creepy. If, yeah. If, you know, some woman said that he was trying to touch her. I wouldn't mind getting in his way a little bit for the woman to be able to get the hell out of there. But what they did was, uh, that was like medieval times that they were doing. Right. It's like Emmett Till shit. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Come on. Yeah. I mean, which, uh, you know, when you put it that way, that that, that might uh, change a mind or two. Yeah, that's how this whole thing gets started. That's how a lynching gets started. I mean, that, Somebody's accused of a crime. It's never just like out of nowhere. That was literally like a Netflix series. What, what that, that that wasn't even real life. Yeah, the, the Fulton Station two. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, three maybe in this case because this guy who slapped him, uh, he gets applause, and then the next guy who 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 starts punching, he does not. So there's no applause when he starts swinging on the guy. There, people are going like, "Oh, yeah, stop, cut it out." You might hear it. Uh, we'll watch the video again. It's it's a pretty irresistible little video. I mean, because. Uh, yeah. And I don't see any other reason for the guy to be holding him that way, really. But because you know, it doesn't seem like they're just picking on him. Like if there was a screaming girl, yeah. Like, all right, fine. There's, yeah, there's no screaming girl. It's all very vague. I mean, I don't. You know, like he might have been talking. To, who knows? You know, who knows what was going on or what they think they saw. These are not detectives or anything. See, no cheering, right? Everybody just goes, whoa, whoa, like that, you know? Well, because now, now we're all in on the crime, idiot. Like, you idiot. Yeah, Don't do uh, that. Yeah, and I think that that's why when the cops got there, everybody had dispersed. Yeah. They, they, they had now committed an assault on camera, that's, and that changes things. That sucks, it? especially if you're a bystander, right? You kind of, yeah. Like well, somebody. This and then, so, what are you supposed to do? Jump in front of everyone, though? Why? What are you going to do? Well, somebody had called the police. I guess um, you're not allowed to watch? I, I think that you are. I think you're allowed to watch. Sure, you're allowed to watch. What do you mean allowed? You're allowed to video or do anything. You can, I mean, it's there's no good Samaritan law that you're supposed so, to actually so, do something. So, who are the people getting in trouble there? Well, there's nobody in trouble. Because it had all dispersed. There was no sexual uh, assault that was reported, uh, a police report style. There was no charges. These guys had gone, so there's no assault. So here's what we have here in, the, in this story, this particular story. It says, police are asking for help identifying two men who brutally beat an Asian man while he was being held from behind in, a, in an NYC subway station in an attack. A witness says was vigilante justice, not race-based incident. Not race-based incident. Uh, now, 
This is one version of the story. I mean, they're probably accusing that Asian guy of almost being white. Like, <laughs> well, they're white adjacent. Asians are. Yeah. Uh, even a Chinese so guy like that. It, that's not racist at all. Uh, so this is yesterday's story. May uh, they could literally throw 30th. us on the train tracks now. As long as they're Asian, you can throw like they can throw you on the train tracks, and they're not even going to really come looking for you that much. Uh, they it, really. It, it, it doesn't matter what color the victim is. It only matters what color the victim is in relation to what color the the perpetrator as is. As long as it's a color down, it's okay. A color down. No, a color down is where are you well at the social justice scale or on the <laughs> like the color socioeconomic scale. Scale. Right, yeah, scale. Like dark to light scale. Uh, who's at the top? Dark or in your in your scale. Because you, you need to yeah. throw out, you, you need to punch I'm to, up. I'm going down in color. Yeah, you need to punch up rather than down. Like, like punching up is racist. Because white. Because I the would bottom. be punching up to a. Oh, okay. If white people are on the bottom, then yeah, it's got to be at least one up. Okay, so the videographer here uh, in this who, who uh, this this is like I said yesterday's story. The thirty the thirty five year old man who filmed a viral video that shows an Asian man being attacked. In an NYC subway station, told the Post he believes the incident was vigilante justice and not ethnic hate. The videographer, who asked to remain anonymous, again, I'm sorry about that, said he was on his way home from work, 3.30 p.m. Friday. He saw the Asian man being held from behind on the AC platform at Fulton Street Station. I said, what are you doing? Why are you holding that guy, the filmer recalled. And in response, he claimed the Asian man had just tried to sexually assault Okay, see, this is where the, the language gets a little deceptive. I said, what are you doing? Why are you holding that guy? That's in quotes. And it says, the filmmaker recalled. This, the rest of this is not in quotes. And in response, he claimed the Asian man had just tried to sexually assault a woman in a subway car, so, I pulled him off, so he pulled him onto the platform. So I find that strange, that for some, you know, in response, he claimed, you know, in response, he claimed that. But I mean, that's uh, first of all, it's not on the video. Second of all, like, well, I mean, you know, whatever. It just, it just seems like they're doing some interpretive uh, stuff there. Now, the black man who was holding the alleged assaulter then said, "Call the cops." According to the videographer, when he called nine one one, cops said they'd be right there. He recalled, but five minutes went by and the police didn't come. The guy holding the Asian gentleman. <laughs> said, he's a gentleman now. I thought he was a fucking rapist. Uh, Where are the cops? Where are the cops, he said. So I called the cops a second time. The man who was being held was trying to get away, he said. Although the video doesn't show that, he was trying to get away the entire time. You're right, the video doesn't show that. Uh, The filmer said that. So there were other people around. One girl says, I'll go upstairs and get them. She came back down and said, they're coming. But police officers didn't arrive for about 20 minutes after his first call. So I questioned their... um, commitment to justice here you know they're not you're holding the guy but if it's not for the cops and if it's like your timer goes off you're like i've done enough here uh you know i mean it it seems to be like uh maybe you're not really all that interested in uh making sure this guy gets you know justice i mean listen if uh he tried assaulting the girl on the train all of a sudden somehow it led to this crowd being here and the guys noticing as the train pulled up and he got slapped in the face. And if he actually did something, he got roughed up a little bit. 
and that and that, it, it was probably perfect, the most perfect uh, uh, form of justice that it's ever happened. Takes Boom, bam, it, bang. It, it no, it takes a lot of extrapolation to get there though, because we don't know what happened. There's first of all, there's no complainant. Where's the victim? Yeah, he's going. He's like, dude, God, whoop my ass quick. You see what happened? No, no, no. Where's the victim of the, I, of the I went, sex I went for one sexual assault. I got thrown off the train. <clears throat> my ass kicked by a pack of 10 kids. They're the attempt kids. Yeah. Kids. These are kids. They're, they're, oh, teens. They're 17 years old. No, they're not. <laughs> you age that's I, no, I mean, I can tell. I mean, they're not fucking seventeen. They're not teenage kids. One guy was like, "We overhear one of them say, I got a daughter.' Now, of course, he <laughs> could be, might be twelve. I know, yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, they're coming. All right. So it says police officers arrive for twenty minutes. Meanwhile, as new onlookers arrive, they were told the man had tried to to assault a girl on the train. The man being held allegedly said, "Yeah. So what? Do you have it on camera?" Around this time, two other men. Okay. Suddenly attacked the alleged assaulter. That's what it says in the post. Around this time, two other men suddenly attacked the alleged assaulter. Now, that was not a... You call it what you want. That was not a sudden slap. He takes a couple of practice swipes, okay? Two of them. And he's saying, I'm going to do it. I'm warming up. <laughs> That's not a sudden attack. Wrong in New York Post. They don't he, suddenly attack. He, but what he premeditated wasn't that bad. All right, I'm just going to slap you real good right in front of these people and give you a good red mark on your face. What the next guy but did But what was happened disgusting. after that? Yeah, was he going to do that if the guy didn't, if he didn't slap the guy? The next guy just ruined everything. Well, the next guy came along, right? And uh, like you said, you know, I mean, you can say he ruined everything. I, I think that he just like did what naturally follows, you know? Mm, I don't know. I mean, like that's a, like if somebody slaps him. Like, all right, then every he got cheers for slapping him. Cheers! Everybody goes like, "Yay! Ha ha ha! Woo!" Then the guy starts. He's like, "Oh shit!" Crowd please. You know, he he decides to take his moment, right? You know, and then he starts swinging, and everybody's like, "Whoa!" And it's too much. People don't want to see a guy just get the fuck beat out of him like that, you know. And and the other thing is. That's it, call it what you want. I'm just talking about the New York Post story, their version of it here. It wasn't sudden. So uh, one of the men slaps the Asian man in the face, causing his body to go limp, video shows. Then a second man delivers a series of punches to his head. Now, that's true. Some in the group cheered and applauded the beating. No, they, did, they, they cheered and applauded the slap. They well, didn't cheer the, and applaud. That's the prosecutor trying to put a charge on every single one of those witnesses to say that they were held down, they were all working in unison, they are all cheering, as a, egging each other on, and they want to they slap everyone with at least a disorderly conduct. I don't know. It's, it's them trying to... It's, it's them trying to make it sound as if... It's, it's, first of all, it's not a prosecutor. It's the New York Post. And it's the New York Post trying to make it sound as if uh, that everybody was for it, you know, they wanted to see this happen. It's not that uh, it's not that they're trying to damn them. It's like they're trying to they're New York Post serving as apologist for the guys doing the, the hitting. That's that's what I think, because we hear that because it, it actually goes to the trouble to conflate the two beatings and say that there was applause after it mentions the second beating. Listen to it closely. Here, this guy is warming up. 
I'm gonna practice how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna practice and I'm gonna do it. One, two, practice, and. Reaches way back into into East New Jersey. You ever tell your girlfriend? No, 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 no. Now we heard. Now we heard. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Say what? You ever tell your girlfriend how you're gonna practice how you're gonna do it? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. I, I, you sneak attacking them does no good. <laughs> if the threats. Practice how we're gonna do it. <laughs> practice how we're gonna do it. There we go. Oh! And that's. Most of that sound comes from the videographer. Oh, you know, I mean, that's mostly the guy holding the camera, and then there's a bleep, and then, but there's a few people who are kind of laughing. Now, listen to this. The punching is about to begin right here. Not one cheer in that. That's like a, a gasp and a horrified, oh, oh, you know, like a, a sound there. So uh, that's a lie. That's just a straight-up lie. So, all right. Here we go. Uh, one of the men who struck the strap hanger can be heard saying that he has a daughter before his hand makes contact with the man's face. It is before his hand makes contact with, the, with his face. It's not just before, and I don't know that it's one of the guys who hits him. I hear somebody say they have a daughter. Probably is one of the guys who hits him, but we don't know that. And then uh, it's not... <laughs> It's not before his hand makes contact with a man's face. It's not just before. Uh, I'll show you what I mean. He says it back. I, I look. I know that you think I'm niggling with details. I'm talking about. I'm talking about why. See way back here. Wait, way back here. It's way, it's it's way back here. I'm trying to find where he says he has a daughter. Wow! I mean, I can't, I can't. I got to watch the whole goddamn thing. I got a daughter. That's when he said that. I'm just gonna let it run. I got a daughter. Nowhere near hitting him yet. Nowhere near it. Now I know it's before his hand makes contact. It's just that it, it's going to that much trouble to make that connection. Like, oh, it's all about his daughter. And there we go. Okay, so that's if it's him that said that. Now. Because I got a daughter. If the cops lock me up, I'm paying my own bail. Now, the video shooter said the man holding the alleged uh, attacker, they said he and the man holding the alleged uh, attacker were trying to calm everyone down. You hear the guy holding him say, chill, chill. And you hear me saying, stop. That's not calm everyone down. You're trying to fucking get the guy to stop hitting him. Stop and chill. All right? So calm everyone down. Like, it's like... That makes it sound as if these guys are sort of managing the event and keeping it from turning into an all-out fucking, you know, beatdown, uh, you know, uh, gang beating or something. It's such bullshit. Such bullshit. Now, okay, the, the footage was shared by the Asian uh, Crime Report Twitter account, 
retweeted by the NYPD Asian Hate Crimes Task Force with a call out for the victim to reach out. It was not clear if cops had talked to the Asian man on Monday, but it was, and it also wasn't clear whether the incident was being investigated as a hate crime against an Asian New Yorker, a persistent problem since the onset of the pandemic when some politicians labeled the China virus, which some politicians labeled the China virus. Now, here's another, that's another thing. <clears throat> These things have been going on for a long time in New York. There's a tension between certain Asian communities and the black community due to them coming into neighborhoods and having successful stores and black people not liking it because it, uh, you know, I don't know why. They resent it for some reason, maybe because they got uh, some kind of small business loan because they're immigrants or something. I don't know. I, I, I know uh, um, a mulatto kids that are on the Lower East Side, and uh, they went out to the beach yesterday, Rockaway, two-year-old kid, you know, and um, – she sees all these little Asian kids playing with all these toys. They have like all these shovels and stuff. Like not that not that this kid doesn't have toys at home and stuff. She's got plenty of toys, but they got to take the sub. Two year old kid runs up to these Chinese kids and grabs one of their little shovels and goes to start playing with them. And the whole family starts ganging up on them, like to a certain degree. Like it, when I when I lived in Woodside, I remember like there was no. Chinese people weren't nice to me. Like, if they saw me drop, like, something on my way home from the laundry, like, oh, you dropped your shirt. Like, they wouldn't tell you. You know, uh, I don't know. I, I, I see that there's a cruelty, that, that um, a harsh way of living that I, I don't think uh, some people are quite ready for. Uh, for the Chinese, you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. what about Koreans and shit like that? They're, they're harsh. They're hard. They're like Chinese Russians or something. You think they're more harsh than the Chinese? The they're, Russians they're of China. Uh, I had no idea. I think a I think a Korean store is a lot stricter than a Chinese store. See, see, I don't see where strictness even should enter into a fucking store. Oh, strict. You what do they have? Like a hat, not not turn around backwards policy or something? You, you or? know a Korean deli when you see one. Well, I mean, I I, I had a there was a boat the bodega near me and fucking. Uh, if you could call it a bodega, it was a, a North Korean guy, I believe. And the reason I think he was North Korean is because I started bringing up the dictator one day. Uh, oh, what's the fucking name? You know, the younger one, uh, the, the one that's, hell, still in charge, I guess. Is he really a dictator? Well, let's skip that for now. But, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, 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 you know, he had his uncle killed, eaten by dogs and shit. You know what I mean? Like, he's a... There's a lot of stories about that fucking guy. Yeah, he's a dictator. What are you talking about? Is he a dictator? <laughs> are we talking about the same guy? I, I mean, are we talking about the same guy? Do, do they not have elections in North Korea? <laughs> he, he gets a hundred percent of the vote. What's that tell you? That can't. That's not a I democratic mean, election. Biden got a hundred percent of the vote he needed to get, right? Yeah. Well, uh, it, it, this is no longer. This is kind of a dictatorship too. Now, actually, uh, I, I here's what I'm saying. The we're, guy, the we're guy, a communist country. Pat, whenever I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I noticed. It became one it, I mean, at the very latest uh, in March 2020, but it's been coming for a long since, fucking time since 1850. Why? Why you marketed 1850? Well, Karl Marx wrote the manifesto in 1848, and, and you think uh, the United States immediately became a communist country? Well, there there was a ton of uh, uprisings all over Europe, in southern Germany, Hungary, right when it Ireland, came out. Poland. In the six months after it came out, there was all these uprisings. And what happened was everyone flooded to Soho, London. Uh, all these leaders flooded to Soho, London. 
and they planned the next revolution and how they were going to do it, and they did it in America. Mm-hmm. So, um, like Franz Siegel and Carl Schwartz, uh, they started printing presses in the Midwest, and um, they started universities and all this stuff. And Carl Schwartz is famous. You said the next the next revolution. They started planning it. Yeah. Okay. And well, uh, if they're planning, or why would they be planning a revolution? Well, because if we were already a communist country in 1850. Because so, if you're living under monarchies that have been entrenched forever. And you have a cha- you have like this vision, like you know this pilgrimage to live in this super educated model of what equity would look like. You would then come to America in the 1850s to try to make that work. That's not responsive to my question. Well, that's what happened. Yeah, but my question is why you why do you date it in 1850 when in reality they still had to come to America and make it happen? I mean, the the historical name for these band of people and leaders is called the 1848ers. Uh, Just because that's when the that's when, that the, doesn't that's, mean that that's when it happened. No, that's when the revolution and that's when they that's when it jumped off. So these guys oh, came, yeah. these guys came to America. Um, yeah, but just because there's a revolution doesn't and, mean it's like and, it's a communist country. And what happened was that we had a huge percentage of the German vote uh, and German speaking people in America at the time. And when the 1848 expansion and um, migration into America for Germans came. Uh, there was a huge German influence in the Midwest. And these 1848ers had control over the media and the unions at the time. So when Abraham Lincoln came west to Chicago, uh, they realized that he had a better chance at winning than Seward. So Carl Schwartz said, listen, Abraham Lincoln, this is how you're going to get the German-speaking vote. All right? You're going to implement an income tax. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And basically, you're going to have to reshape America. And 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 basically, what happened was the Civil War was a communist coup, and who was in charge of the media at the time were Karl Marx and Frederick Engels. They were like the two biggest. They're like Ann Landers back then. They're like the two biggest writers. Ann Landers. <laughs> okay. Who was a bigger writer of the newspaper than her? I mean, they're massive writers. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Well, that's not it. I mean, then they went on to kill off all the Indians, and you know the Indian genocide was actually the, done by the communists. But what what it that's bo- their specialty. What bothers it is their specialty, especially with South America. But what bothers me is we don't realize that America itself. We're trying to come up with all these solutions. We are a communist country, and we've been a communist country for 160 years. Well, what's a communist country? A communist country is a country that follows the planks of communism. The first thing okay. is to have no private land. Like, we don't have any private land in America because you have to pay tax or you're going to lose it. Yeah. Uh, immigrants and rebels not even not able to hold property and wealth, right? Uh, immigrants and rebels? Yeah, getting rid of inheritance, oh, which they try to do that so much. What are you talking about? Immigrants and rebels. The, these are these are the first ten planks of, of communism. Well, nobody if nobody owns property, then immigrants and rebels got nothing to do with it. It's just you know there is none. So we're all equal in that regard, I guess. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. look, there's still a lot of capitalism here. Yeah, and communism is the abolition of private property with rents to public use. It, so that means, it, but they own all the. Means of production, right? They, they no, own. They own. That's their, what communism is. Their action is to try to disable the housing market so much that the government ends up owning it all. 
All right. Well, I mean, okay, so it all goes back to housing for you. No. Okay. But why is the first plank of communism to control housing? Well, I mean, it's irrelevant because uh, what plank it is. Because what I'm saying is that you can own stuff. You know, you, you, you can own, you own you know, your own fucking business and shit like that. You might not own the land that it's on, but you own the business. But and and I'd say, can you do that in a communist country? I thought that it was... Uh, what like, if you don't pay taxes? Well, look, I mean, if you don't pay taxes, of course they put you in jail, yeah. But that's, you know, and, and believe me, I think it's unjust, but I mean, uh, it does, I don't think it makes us a communist country. What about trade licensing? Why are you asking questions? <laughs> You're not answering any of my questions. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, it's the the whole point is just that it's if we are a communist country. Now, I, I agreed with you before because you know it's easier that way sometimes. Uh, but if we, uh, regardless of what system of government we actually have, you can see when things really began to change, and I think it's way later than 1850. I mean, things might have been set in motion a long, long time ago. Hey, a lot of weird stuff happened. I mean, the, you know, he wasn't going to win the war unless he, uh, Lincoln, right, unless he started bringing in uh, the race element was not really popular everywhere. It wasn't popular anywhere. Nobody wanted, uh, abolition was not popular. It was seen exactly. as radical. And so, I mean, like, you know about the fucking... Uh, you know, the uh, the riots, you know, the draft riots and shit like that. The Irish riots here in the city? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and that goes to show it's not a north-south issue well, either. Well, the Irish were slaves. They're, they the f- finally got out of slavery yeah, by they leaving come here and Now, and now, now they got to fight. <laughs> yeah. They're at the end of the rope. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they're conscripted to go in and fight for their new country, whereas the people that they're fighting for... Are are generally you know black people are exempt from the fucking conscription conscription uh, act there the draft act which is fucked up that's just going to create a lot of resentment because they know as soon as they go to war they're going to lose their jobs you know these black guys are going to come in and do the jobs maybe go fuck their wives too you know they're not they're not happy about that they're they should ha- they should have had the church run slavery and they would have been able to make it not sound as bad or something yeah you're right man slavery the main problem with slavery is the pr. Uh, I mean, it's... It really is. It's not... Horrible. All right. Well, a man was stabbed repeatedly on a Manhattan street corner. Oh, my God. Would you believe it in broad daylight? A 29-year-old man standing in the corner, 3rd and 63rd. 63rd and 3rd, right there, standing on the street, trying to turn a trick in New York City. Stabbed multiple times, resulting in serious physical injury. The New York City Police Department's 19th precinct reported the incident happened in... Broad daylight. An unknown uh, individual stabbed the 29-year-old man multiple times. He's recovering from his serious uh, wounds. Well, that's because there's no guns. That's what happens. That's what happens if there's no guns. I mean, you can't the have a legal gun. go way up. Yeah. Yeah, you're very right about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's it's true. I mean, like, uh, it, it's, it's why... Uh, you know, but look, I mean, I don't know if it's why the guy drove over all those people in, in Wakosha or whatever, Wakosha, but, uh, you know, he did. And, and did like, that, did uh, that story just go away? Yeah, of course. Whatever happened there? <laughs> what do you mean? The guy's in jail now, he's, and he's complaining about his treatment in jail, saying that he's being dehumanized. This is a guy who was trying to run over his girlfriend moments before that. Hitting her with one arm, then when she was in the car with him, and steering with the other. Punching and steering. 
I mean, the guy is a, he's a complete dirtbag. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he's in all sorts of trouble. But they don't seem to think it's very, you know, it's funny because depending on who it is driving the SUV, they report it differently, you know. If it was a guy who uh, was ultra MAGA, you know, or like uh, whatever, they're going to say in a, in a crazed act of, of white hate, you know, or, or whatever. And then in this case, they're just like an SUV drove over all these people. They, they, they put it on the SUV. An SUV with black tires. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the term gun violence. You know, gun violence is the, is the most fucking ridiculous term ever. Gun violence. It's like when there's rape, they don't call it dick violence, you know. Uh, so anyways, this guy got stabbed in broad daylight. And so the stabbings do go up. That's very true. And then you know, here we have another situation like that where a 33-year-old man arrested in charge of connection with the brutal stabbing Staten Island man aboard a crowded subway in Manhattan. Police said Junior Monroe. And that Monroe is spelled M-U-N-R-O, which I think is a better spelling of then, violent then Britain. M-O-N? M-O-N-R-O-E. You don't like the M-O-N one? I like M-U-N-R-O. It's phonetic. It's phonetic. Monroe. Monroe or is it Not Monroe? Monroe. It's Mon, you know, yeah. But what if it is Monroe? Well, then it's spelled stupid. But what if the guy's name is Monroe and not Monroe? Well, it's spelled Monroe. That's what I'm saying. So I'm going to go ahead and assume it's not pronounced Monroe. That, <laughs> no, like I said, that would be not, a dumb spelling. Yeah. All right. Well, a, a violent break. He used a box cutter to stab and slash a 44-year-old <laughs> nice man guy. during a dispute aboard the four train, and that's near the wall. And it was near Wall Street Station. Uh, the victim is an Oakwood Heights resident, union electrician. He told uh, the Saturday Night Live and the advance there he nearly died from a wound to his neck. Surgeons uh, had to remove the box cutter blade from uh, his skull. Uh, from his skull. Mm. He opened the guy up like, <laughs> like a box. Box cutters, are, that's quite a weapon, ain't it? You know, I mean, I, I guess you could replace the blades, you know, so. And you have a small blade with your strong hand and a strong handle, and you just dig right in. If you yeah. get, like, beyond the bone structure, you could do Damage. Yeah. It's, oh, it's it, horrible. It's funny. It's, it's like, you know, they're always talking about how, oh, man, these guns and bullets are made to just chew up your body. You know, well, this is just made to open up a box. It doesn't really matter what something's created to do. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I, they talk about weapons of war. I mean, this is a weapon of murder here. This is a uh, bail's actually set in this case. $50,000 bond or $25,000 cash. And they said the, in, the incident unfolded just after 6 a.m. The victim claims the attacker was attempting to take up three seats. <laughs> this is on the train. The victim claims his attacker was attempting to take up three seats while he and another woman were trying to sit down. Oh, God. He pushed me into the woman, got up, and pulled out a knife. See, they're leaving out some shit, as always. Because we need a bad guy and a good guy. We need a perpetrator and a victim. But if the guy says, hey, man, get the fuck up. Why are you laying there on three seats, you know? Then he ain't the victim no more. He's a guy who kind of asked for it. So, yeah. they don't, so they don't include that. Because that would be letting people decide for themselves. You know, they they want to tell you the story. We'll tell you what to... I mean, I don't know who doesn't notice that. I guess a lot of people would read that and not notice that, but this is that's what's left out. Like he, you're bold enough to wake some guy up out of his sleep. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hey man, you know, you know, better to just stand you this time. You know what you I mean? Know? Let it go. Don't try to prove anything. 
or just don't be ready. Be or ready, just be, or just be ready. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe you know, to have the woman in front of you or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be ready to run out the door if there's any pro- <laughs> trouble. Ah, uh, shit! He got up and pulled out a knife. Who recalled other passengers pleading with his alleged attacker to put the knife away? It's not worth it. See that it's not worth it is not something you say to somebody who's clearly in the wrong, jumping up and just going nuts, right? What do you say? It's not his fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stab like, me instead. Go, oh, shit, a guy's got a knife. You know what I mean? If there's people going, hey, it's not worth it, man. You know, it's like they're kind of going, fuck it, right? Like, uh, please, I don't want any blood on me right now. See, what's not worth it? Something happened to where the guy had the knife out. And you know what I mean? To me, saying it's not, it's not worth it implies that something had been done to that guy. You know what I mean? No. It's not random. You could jump up, like, like wake up startled out of a sleep, pull your knife cutter out, and be like, uh, uh, you know, have a hesitation, and people be like, yo, what are you doing? It's not worth it. No. See, I don't think that's what happened. I don't think he was asleep. Oh, I don't think he was asleep. It doesn't say he was sleeping. Well, how much blood was there? Does it say there's a lot of blood? Attempt- his, the, his attacker was attempting three quarts. No, it doesn't say. Oh. Uh, the the attendant, his attacker was attempting to take up. His attacker was attempting to take up three seats, while he and another woman were trying to sit down. So I know that's annoying, but hey, man, be annoyed. Go ahead with your life. Don't fuck with a guy. I'm telling you, you he never know who's armed. Smells so bad, you don't want to sit next to him anyway. Probably, probably, yeah. You know, this is, it's it's uh, lawyers from Monroe, meanwhile, describe the defendant as a husband and father with no criminal record or history of violence. He turned himself into authorities. Wow, that's a magic trick. He turned himself into authorities. The box cutter guy? <laughs> yeah. He's turned himself into authorities. Uh, this is a, that's a mistake. It, it's just that <laughs> the word, the word into is, it's, it's spelled as one word. He turned himself into authorities instead of in to authorities. When he became a cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joined the NYPD. <laughs> I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn myself into authorities. <laughs> so the guy actually turned himself in anyway. So, I mean, you know, that's a sign, right? That he's not just some knife uh, flinging, you know, thug. Uh, he's actively participating in his defense. So the New York City uh, County, the, excuse me, New York County Public uh, Defender, the Defender Services, man, I used to be good at this, will conduct a thorough investigation into this incident on our client's behalf. I think he's going to be okay. Surveillance images released previously by the NYPD showed a man who at the time was sought for questioning wearing a sweatshirt bearing uh, the union emblem of the CWA Local 1109 Communications of America. However, police would not confirm whether the individual picture in the original photo is defendant. Okay. So, uh, you know, he's a... There he goes, you know. That's that's the dude. That's a big union. Uh, you know what they do, right? Junior Monroe. That union covers all the transatlantic cables that go across the world. Yeah. That's that's all the way it it, it provides union representation for the workers who work on that stuff. Yeah. So like all those underwater welders that are welding fiber optic cables deep under the the way, way deep under New York City. Those motherfuckers getting paid. Yeah. Which means a union getting paid. Yeah. (laughs) Getting money. Hedge fund managers are getting a lot of money. Hedge fund managers. Well, think of who handles the package. Oh, right. So if you're in the union, bring home 50, and the union takes 100 
a hundred, the hedge fund managers are managing that hundred. Well, money makes the world go around. That's, and that's what the, the little progressive kids, we need more unions. You know how happy these hedge fund managers are when they hear this? Unions. They think it's still workers of the world unite and shit. <laughs> Idiots. A 20-year-old Asian man stabbed after a dispute with a stranger on a moving subway car in violent Brooklyn. Suspect plunged his knife into the victim's shoulder around 3.15 p.m. during the argument near York Street F train station just today in Dumbo. Uh, that's that's uh, Dumbo. It's called Dumbo uh, because uh, there, there's a reason for it. Let's see. What's it stand for? Uh, I think under the Manhattan and Brooklyn Bridge. Directly under Manhattan Direct, you say it's, it's, it's directly under Manhattan? Is that what it is? Is that what you said? I mean, yeah, that's yeah, If you don't saying. know, you don't know. I mean, but I, I thought that was what you said. Uh, it might be that. It's something like that. Under Manhattan. Uh, I saw something about this just the other day. And I want to make sure I get this right. Oh. Dumbo, Brooklyn. Here's what it stands for. Short for down under <laughs> the Manhattan Bridge overpass. Uh, they added overpass. That's what it is. Because mm. otherwise it's just dumb. My guess is much cooler. They don't want to live in dumb. <laughs> what, uh, what did you say it was? Down under the uh, Manhattan and Brooklyn Bridge. Manhattan and Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, Manhattan that, Bridge overpass, but there's no yeah the Brooklyn Bridge. Down it's not under, under the, Manhattan Brooklyn. There's uh, oh, there's, but it's not under the Brooklyn we don't Bridge. Need the, we don't. You don't need the O. It'd just be dumb. The <laughs> overpass is there anyway. It's redundant. We don't need the O. It's yeah, dumb exactly, up. exactly. Yeah, I've explained nonsense. it three times. What else, what else can I say? <laughs> uh, this uh, this guy who got stabbed though, my goodness, that happened. Uh, yeah, a lot of knife shit. I think we will agree. Yeah, I mean, knife trainings is going to go up during the Adams administration, right? You ready for him to come take our guns? Oh, uh, Adams, uh, the guns are already taken in New York City. I mean, is it's, that, it's going to be hard. They? Like, you're going to have to think twice getting taking a bus from the Port Authority. The searches and the seizures, they're the going searches to be coming. And the seizures, you see, yep, they're going to be coming. <laughs> well. I don't know if that's true or not. What do that's you mean? the one thing Lee Zeldin and uh, Eric Adams are going to agree on: enforcing the border, uh, enforcing gun control. Oh, I see. Well, nobody's look. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of uh, non-criminals carrying guns. To be honest, I mean, I'm sure there's a few, but I mean, yeah, I'm all for them taking guns off the streets. Really, if it's if it's a law for me and I got to follow it, let's make it a law for the criminals and they have to follow it. What are you saying? I, look, I think stop and frisk is a good thing. We differ on that. I'm all for arresting people who jump the turnstile. You know, I think it's a great idea. That's how you get guns off the streets. People who have guns are not going to buy Metro cards and swipe it before they get on. You know, people who rob places don't use, uh, you know, the uh, public transportation in a responsible way. They don't pay for it. I, don't know, I think people with handguns on them would. Be way too cautious. The you hobby. would think, but they're not. They're not. Oh. They don't. They're, they're. They're just not. I mean, look, they're already reckless enough to rob someplace. And I also think there's a lot more women than you think that are carrying. Well, w women are not committing a lot of crimes. 
Yeah, but a lot of crimes are committed against them. Why don't they shoot them? There's not that many women carrying guns, really. I mean, not it's not a per, as a percentage. I mean, they maybe should. They I, look. An armed society is a polite society. We need to all have guns. I yeah. think, like in a city like this, like if you're a long-term resident over fifty without a felony, you should be able to sign up to get yourself a little nine oh, millimeter. For Christ's sake, they should hand you one. Yeah. You know, it, it should be like a, a a fucking gold watch. You know, yeah, like your testosterone's depleted. You you, you know you. Well, I don't know about that. Let's not go too nuts on those weak old men here. Some uh, still, still a little lead in some of these pencils yeah, out here. Uh, God, that, <laughs> I'm looking down the other side of the mountain, man. Uh, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah, I know, man. The older you get, the more you become one of these old dudes that just gets fucking, you know, beat up. You start looking weak. You can't look weak. No. Uh, the law, the knife-wielding man describes being about 20, wearing a black shirt and yellow pants. That's the description. About 20, and here's his clothing. Uh, they didn't even say dark-skinned or light-skinned, which they sometimes do. But they'll put black sneakers or dark yeah, hat exactly. or something. Yeah, they could describe his outfit. Yeah, Yellow pants and a black shirt. Weird clothing for a random stabber. Plunges knife into the victim's shoulder. Uh, now, I don't even know what the fuck. It was on a moving subway car. Uh... I'm not seeing any explanation as to why. Maybe we'll have more on that later. This just happened today. And by the way, speaking of random attacks on the so subway. Yellow pants, black shirt, run? Yes. Yellow. Go ahead and run on yellow pants. Yellow pants. Because I mean, the guy might have changed his shirt, but he's probably wearing the same pants. That's my guess. Yellow pants, no shirt, be sure to run. How about no clothing whatsoever? <laughs> I saw a guy last night completely naked. On the like a block away from here, right? I mean, like on Seventh Avenue, a guy just had no. He's you know an old, uh, he's middle aged black guy. Uh, I say black guy. I think he was probably of. Uh, he's probably from the uh, original home of humanity, Africa, and uh, he, he seemed like he was an immigrant. He might have been. I don't know. Could have been Haitian or something else. I don't know. But he he just stayed. He took all of his clothes off. And, uh, <laughs> and I didn't hang around to see what was... I was kind of thinking, maybe I should hang around here and see what happens. I took just a moment of video. That's nice. And uh, the guy, uh, you know, whatever, there he was. I think he, he might have just been shaking the dookie out of his shorts or something. I don't know. But uh, if you think that New York's not weird enough anymore, there you Ooh. go. It's plenty weird. Uh, I, I feel like it's... Uh... You, you you don't you don't feel like you're in New York anymore. Walking up Sixth Avenue in the middle of the night, you like you like you feel like you're in um, like Timbuktu or something yeah. with all the little people selling things on the street. You ever see that? Drugs, yeah. Uh, I mean, it is scary. Yeah, it is scary. <laughs> I, it, it's like you know, it's like the Silk Road over there or something. Eighth <laughs> Avenue is the same way. There's a block of it in particular, right? Uh, I don't know, let's call it between uh, 19th and 20th, maybe 18th. Between 18th and 19th is more like it. And it's, it's, there's a scaffolding, and they're just under there all the time. Three or four guys kind of spread out. And then in the area, there's other guys that are clearly not doing anything except just kind of like fucking being around. And you go, that's I don't know what that's about. If they're here, Are they there to you know, pull business in or look out or something? You know, it's weird. It's weird because they're, they're, kind of, they're kind of posted up. And... Uh, up to no good, you can tell. But 
There's some drug. There's some drug dealing going on right over there. Uh, uh, certainly, I'm uh, not a fan of that kind of thing. Open air drugs is a bad thing. You know, we uh, we saw a story. Uh, you see the footage of these people now because I got these um, junky places where you can go in and shoot up. And I'm not uh, in favor of it. I mean, because people want. Wind up, there was some footage in the park. This guy has just got this fucking needle, you know what I mean? They're, they're like, and they're like on the ground, like looking. For, these people are junkies, and they got their needles. And then uh, an ad, an ad comes out, right? Anti-shaming. Don't be ashamed. Don't feel bad just because you're a drug addict. You got to be careful about fentanyl. It says. <laughs> It's like start small, start with a small dose and go slow. Don't use alone all this shit. It's like, why are you giving an instruction manual to these people? You know what I mean? Like, it's, well, you it's don't the, want them to die. I mean, it's I do. The, street. the messaging is bad. Come on. Look, Come on, what, what's going to eventually happen anyways? What's going to happen is... Nobody's helping them recover. Nobody's helping anybody recover. The so economy's going to get worse. The food's going to get more expensive. The opportunities are going to become less and less. And people are going to start turning to more and more drugs. Uh, and they're going to be laced with fentanyl. And it's going to kill a lot of people. All uh, right. That's what I'm saying. This better better to just like, better they're just die now. How is it that we hardly even did anything about this? <clears throat> well, they don't oppose it. I don't think they're all that opposed to it. Because, I mean, if they were, they wouldn't let it happen. Because social workers are going to make money off of it. Yeah, more social workers, you know, and there's and and really a lot of the fentanyl deaths are um, these, I don't know, like what you call these dead Rust Belt towns, you know, where there's no mm -hmm. jobs. These white like people, upstate New York, <laughs> trashy white people who uh, have an injury or something sometimes, or sometimes they're on heroin and they switch, or Staten Island, <laughs> or, or they have the they have they're they're on opioids and they switch to heroin, and then maybe fentanyl is in that. Or I mean, look, fentanyl is, is fucking. Some strong shit. Some strong shit. Actually, you, <clears throat> I have a friend that died from fentanyl, and the reason why I think he died is because he moved to Georgia. <clears throat> and in Georgia, weed was still so illegal, it was like really hard to get in these little towns and stuff. And then you I go, believe it. And then you go out to the clubs, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you're an idiot, you want to get high, and now you're buying something that's completely out of your league, and you go home in your parents' house, and you Smoke it and die. That's how he died? Yeah. That's too bad. He was a nice kid, too. Grew up with him. It can happen. Same way with the vaccine. Oh, God. <laughs> you don't want to so silence that thing or anything, I'm do you? Yeah, it's just like you could just... It's so obnoxious. It's a, sounds like you won the jackpot. Yeah, yeah. Popular guy. Either that or the cops are outside. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let's hope it's not that. I haven't got anything illegal in here besides you. <laughs> uh, harboring some sort of fugitive from justice. Uh, I think it's a domestic terrorist or something. Oh yeah, domestic terrorism is so bad. It's so bad. Well, I mean, it's the greatest threat facing the country today. We, the FBI said it. We heard them say it, and then that's, that's what they said. The ADL, by the way, they uh, when they do that, they count prison gangs. They also count situations where, like, uh, if if like uh, if if you have like some kind of alleged. You know, white supremacist gang, skinheads, you know, whatever the fuck they are, and they kill one of their own guys. They count that as like a, a murder, you know, done by the fucking, you know, it, it's by like white they, supremacists. By white supremacists, yeah. Which I guess technically it is, but also eliminated one. 
they're uh, they, it, it's it's a very strange thing. Uh, but, but they they really are determined to make yeah white supremacy uh, the biggest issue. And that's, so when those we, numbers are when are not we really take accurate. away your freedoms from you, uh-huh. we're going to put you in a white supremacist, a black, and a Mexican camp. And we, the most liberal state in the world, are going to watch over you guys in captivity for decades as we brainwash the races to be separated and actually create white supremacist gangs all over the country. Well, you don't really have to brainwash (laughs) people to be separated. They do it naturally in jail. I mean, the only place I could think of where there's a white supremacist gang, like in white, white supremacy actually exists, is in jail, right? Yeah. Primarily, that's it. So it's basically government manufactured. Yeah, you could it, say that, or or, or government, you know, uh, enabled. Uh, yeah, enabled. Since like, yeah, I'm, no doubt that the person, uh, you know, belonged in in prison or whatever. Um, but uh, at the same time, yeah. Well, I mean, like, look, the, the the kidnapping plot against Gretchen Whitmer, you know, that was like ten or twelve FBI agents and like one guy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a little like ridiculous. They, they got me drunk one night and said, "Hey, let's do this." Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I want to go. I mean, <laughs> I'm not, they're the mastermind of the whole fucking thing, and that that seems like a little underreported to me. That fact, yeah, but that's well. a fact. Now, the Golden, uh, you know, the Goldman uh, Sachs executive who got shot dead on the Manhattan subway train, remembered as a loyal and uh, beloved family man. Now, the headline of this story is is as follows: Hundreds attend. Uh, funeral for Q train victim Danielle uh, Enriquez, and that's in the New York Post. These there there aren't words well, to describe. And she was an executive. What did she do? He what? was uh, Daniel. Uh, he was an executive at Goldman Sachs. Shot on the on the Q train by a guy just randomly. Some guy was pacing around, and then uh, at the next stop, he just blew him away. Are you sure, and ran off. That's what it said. I'm, so it was it an reported. assassination? I mean, shit. If it was, they did it. You know, but I I, I can't imagine. I don't think it was an assassination. There was just a random crazy guy walking around the subway following a Goldman Sachs executive. They didn't follow him. He was just, I mean, like, he was on the, they were both on the train at the same time. Now, I don't know how he, I don't, I don't think he followed him there. I think he was, you know, this might be a gang initiation where the guy has to kill somebody in order to get in or something. And it was just I mean, randomly. It would be strange. The Goldman Sachs executive on the subway. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, he, he's not. He doesn't run Goldman Sachs or anything. I mean, it's not. He's not like a famous, important uh, individual. He's not like a worldwide hedge fund manager or anything. I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll tell you what exactly what it says, though. Okay. Uh, yeah, a deranged gunman shot and killed a 48 year old gun- Goldman Sachs employee without provocation on Sunday while the strap hanger was riding to brunch. Uh, the shooter, who was still on the loose, now he's been captured, uh, by the way, uh, was seen, uh, the suspect anyway, has, was seen pacing back and forth in the last car, the northbound Q train, around 11.42 a.m., before he pulled out a gun and opened fire on the unsuspecting victim. Completely random, one police source said. The victim, identified as Daniel Enriquez, rushed to Bellevue Hospital, pronounced dead. According to witnesses, the suspect was walking back and forth in the same car, and without provocation, pulled out a gun and fired at the victim at close range. As the trains were actually when they were crossing the Manhattan Bridge, which is a weird time to do that, I think. You know, that's an odd. That's a, that's a weird time to do the shooting. I guess it's uh, something about the increased speed got him and all the noise out. of the gun of while you're driving over the bridge. Right, it's the loudest thing ever. It's loud, but someone's going to notice that shot. 
Okay, so did somebody notice the shot? Well, I mean, they, they saw him pacing around, and they said they shot him at close range. I'm sure they did. But, I mean, like, the guy didn't get away with it. <laughs> uh, the train uh, the train pulled into Canal Street Station, the gunman, and it's not going to be that long. It just seems like you might do it right as the train's stopping. Uh, he's described as dark-skinned, heavy-set man with a beard, fled the station, uh, wearing a gray hoodie, blah, 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 Aristar, uh, Enriquez. And, okay, okay he's, uh, he lived in Park Slope, worked at Goldman Sachs, and he was sitting inside the moving train. That's it. So, so I mean, like, I, I, I think he just was randomly attacked, yeah. But so, he gets for having an iPhone. <laughs> what are you talking about? His slavery phone. He's, he's, what does that have to do with him getting he's shot? He's paying for slavery. He's gaslighting us, pretending we're not slaves, and he got his. What do you mean, pretending we're not? What are oh, you he's from Park Slope. He's from Park Slope Democrat who works for Goldman and Sachs. Hey, look. You don't think this guy's probably the biggest hypocrite on earth? He, well, look, hey. I'm just saying, I don't think the guy who shot him was concerned with all that. Oh, he was probably freaked out by him. Freaked out by the guy going to brunch? He probably just like sensed his hypocrisy and <laughs> had a meltdown. He couldn't take it anymore. Well, there was a pastor who was involved in this. Now, now you might find this interesting. Uh, the politically connected Brooklyn pastor who said he helped broker the surrender of the man charged with killing oh, Goldman Jesus. Sachs employee Daniel uh, Enriquez also claims he planned to hand-deliver the suspect to his pal, Mayor Eric Adams, who was supposed to be waiting at the police precinct. Bishop Lamar Whitehead is the guy's name, and uh, he explained it in, a, in an interview with The Post, and he said I did, that he did what I needed to do to protect <laughs> the community from suspect Andrew Abdullah following the unprovoked shooting. Abdullah was ultimately arrested Tuesday outside of the Manhattan Legal Aid Society office, where his family took him. Instead, they his family took him there instead of to NYPD's Fifth Precinct Station House in Chinatown. The Canarsie-based leaders of Tomorrow International Church's bishops' involvement. So this is a, a Canarsie-based church. All right, leaders of Tomorrow International Church and their bishops' involvement. In Abdullah's arrest and his relationship to Adams had garnered controversy over the uh, clergyman's criminal past. Right? As he, and he stated that his role in the arrest was, it was uh, sharply denied by uh, justice advocates involved. Whitehead, 44, said that the uh, shooter's family, Abdullah's family, are congregants of his, with whom he has a close relationship, which grew more intimate following the death of a teenage family member, so his uh, aunt and his mom reached out to me yesterday and told me, we don't know what to do. Here's Whitehead. So they're denying that they know each other at all. Who? Brooklyn is a smaller town than you think. What are you talking about? You, you have about the, the Park Slope Goldman Sachs executive? Yeah. Denying that they, well, no one's asserting that. Well, I mean, this guy knows the mayor. He knows this guy. Well, Whitehead does, yeah. But, yeah. You know, but that doesn't mean they know the Goldman Sachs guy. Some, there's something up here. Yeah, I don't disagree. It's weird that uh, that this guy is involved at all, you know? Uh, the bishop, okay, so they spoke to him. And they said, they call me back, okay? So his aunt was crying. They needed me to help him through the process. They didn't know what to do. I told him, first of all, he needs to surrender. They spoke to him and said he would call me back, and then they finally called me and said, we trust you, Bishop, he's going to surrender. I asked them if they had an attorney. They said they were working with legal aid. The bishop said he told the family 
to have them bring Abdullah 25 to the precinct, but said the family was adamant that he speak to a lawyer first. Could have had the lawyer meet you there. She said that she spoke to the detectives and they hadn't worked it out yet. I said, if you haven't worked it out yet, the detectives will be staking out your office. Whitehead recalled before explaining how he then called Adams, with whom he had appeared at more than a dozen high-profile events in Brooklyn when the mayor was borough president. You recall Adams was borough president. Around 8.30 uh, or 9 a.m., the first guy I called was the mayor, Whitehead said. He said, all right, he's talking to Mayor Adams about this one fucking guy. All right, this young man is alleged to have committed a heinous crime. He said he would support me in whatever I had, uh, to, in whatever had to happen for this young man to surrender. He trusted what I had put in place. I told him the family was going to meet with him. This is so nuts. With the mayor at the 5th Precinct, and he said to keep him updated. Well, with the mayor. The mayor was supposed to be at the 5th Precinct. I, I told him I was going to meet with him. I, I told the family. I told him that the family was going to meet with him, with the mayor, at the 5th Precinct. And he said to keep him updated. Uh, word soon got out among uh, police brass about the surrender. And the bishop said he was inundated with calls from chiefs, commissioners, what, what and detectives. What time did the guy surrender? Uh, he hasn't yet in the story. 8.30 or 9. That night? Uh, no, a.m. The, the following day, the I following guess, or, or maybe two days later. Uh, the plan was he was walking in with me, and I was going to turn him over to the mayor. The fucking mayor. Why would you turn over a prisoner to the mayor of New York City? Well, I mean, uh, it's better than having a SWAT team going to get him. Well, so What? Uh, listen, what if we turn himself into Joe Biden? Would that be better? Maybe there's something up here. I know. It's weird. Uh, okay, so he was going to turn him over to the mayor. I was against him going to the attorney's office, uh, Whitehead said. They needed to come to the precinct to surrender, but I left to go to the attorney's office. I waited with the aunt and the grandmother, and when I went to greet his mother, Abdullah got out of the car, and the marshals bum-rushed. And these, these spiritual leaders in Brooklyn have a lot of pull with uh, the clergy, especially the Muslims. Do you ever hear of the organization called Yama? Uh, I, well, Yemen, wait, I think I have, actually. The Yemen American Merchants Association? Oh, they, they, they called for a big uh, boycott of, of the, the Post. Of the New York Post, yeah. yeah. And they, they did a very successful job with it. You can't find the Post anywhere anymore. Well, well you know what, though? Nobody gives a shit. Because the New York Post, the circulation... Because it's not a dollar anymore or a quarter like it used to be. It's two bucks. It's too expensive. Well, you know, the Daily News is three. Ah. Ah. It's retarded. People buy the Daily News, though, because the Daily News is everywhere. A very small number of their uh, readers are actually reading the actual paper, though. Yeah. You know what I mean, almost everybody reads online. Uh, so uh, his account of the arrest was echoed by the Legal Aid Society. Before Andrew Abdullah could voluntarily surrender himself to the local precinct, he was needlessly ambushed out front of our Manhattan trial office by city marshals, denied of his opportunity to first consult with counsel. Fuck you. The guy is a murderer. What are you talking about? And denied the of marshals, his. The city marshals aren't going to do an investigation anyway. Well, they're taking him to NYPD. They're just, they're just taking you to arrest. Yeah, they're there to take you. Yeah, exactly. This is not. You know, the guy this, doesn't have to talk to anybody before he sees this, a lawyer. This guy murders someone and gets a ride to jail and is complaining. Yeah. With, with you know, he's supposed to be the mayor. A bath, a shower, to brush his teeth. He's complaining. 
Whitehead refers to the mayor as his, as his mentor, by the way. Whitehead said he then again uh, called his mentor, Adams, who offered his profusive praise. Profusive. Profusive praise. <laughs> that's funny because that's the word, that's not in a quote or anything. Profusive praise. Is that a word I've never heard of? I called the mayor and let him know that he was in custody. He said, thank you. You protected our city. You did something tremendous. Nobody knows what this kid could have done to somebody else. You made it happen. Whitehead sounds like he thinks of it. Whitehead, who was, ordered to, uh, who was ordained 10 years after being busted for a $2 million identity theft scam, hmm, for which he served five years in state prison, he said his relationship with Adams is based on community service. I teach financial literacy, uh, literacy to the youths in the community. Hey, man, $2 million on an identity theft scam. Obviously, he's doing something right. I do turkey givebacks on the holidays. A lot of donations, homeless shelters, food and clothing donations, gang prevention, peace walks. I'll even take a guy who shot a guy and introduce him to the mayor. Listen, I'll turn myself in, but I want to meet the mayor. It's me that's outlandish. Is, uh, I want Mayor, mayor Adams going to meet this fucking guy. If you talk to his mentor, why didn't you say, hey, Mayor Adams, how come you didn't meet? Uh... Yeah, it's, it's like an adventure movie where he has like a plot and he, he needs to get this information to the mayor. And this is why he had to kill this executive. Like, what is going on here? It's, 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 uh, <coughs> it's probably a fool's errand to start trying to make connections out of this. But uh, it's certainly something seems weird. He's my mentor. We've done a lot of work in Brooklyn when he was the borough president. He helped me out a lot. My my father was Arthur Miller. Wow, playwright, Arthur Miller. Uh, he inspired Eric to start the 100 black officers in law enforcement, and he was he was strangled by 16 police officers in 1978. He was the first I Can't Breathe before Eric Garner. What? <laughs> strangled? How do you get strangled by 16 police officers? That's There's not enough neck room, man. That guy must be a giraffe. They, the cops can get creative on overtime, man. <laughs> Hold on, let's all 16 of us strangle uh, well, them at the take, same time. We'll take turns, them. do like a bukkake. <laughs> the flashy minister also uh, shot back at critics who crucified the man of the cloth for his designer threads and luxury vehicle, which were on full display on Sunday. I was dressed for the day. I was going to do work for myself and my entrepreneurship, but I got the call to help my community. What was I supposed to say? I should go home and change so that they can identify me as a bishop? <laughs> It was in my heart to help the city of New York, so I went with what I had on. I had a, and now he mentions, I had a Fendi jacket on. Uh, that's probably expensive, right? Let's check the price on a Fendi. Fendi. I've never heard of a Fendi jacket, but I, let's see what a Fendi jacket costs. Fendi jacket price. Right Who's here into the, the old. Mayors? This is the bishop. Uh, who uh, who says, "Hey, man, look." The bishop who was chauffeuring the the murderer. Yeah, immediately he actually didn't chauffeur him. He met him. They his family brought him, and uh, and he was there to meet them. Though men's spring summer collection of men, what men's bags, clothing, and more. Men's bags. So it's a purse place. So it sounds like. Let's see here. Immerse yourself in the fresh attitude. Okay, I'm just gonna the first Fendi jacket I see. I'm just gonna click. And see what this first top Fendi jacket goes for here. On the Fendi side, that's F-E-N-D-I. I am not being paid to say all this about Fendi. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, my goodness. It's marked down from uh, 
Uh, okay, well, the price the price is two thousand two hundred ninety dollars. That's nothing. For that's, what? I mean, what's a more expensive like, that's jacket? That's three unemployment checks right there. It's a fraction of what he stole in that identity scam. <laughs> I guess he didn't get to keep that stuff. Wow, that is a that is a crazy fucking story right there. Him and his Fendi jacket. Meet the mayor. I uh I, I you know what? I was kinda like uh mocking you there before, but uh man, that's that's certainly strange. You know, it's so, it's, it's mighty strange. So either one of their radicals can go out and commit a murder and this guy is so connected to the mayor that one of their soldiers are going to be brought in with dignity. Yeah. And that's at least the promise that they have. Or something really corrupt is going on. Well, that, and either way, it's a problem. Well, yeah. Look, I mean, I don't know why the mayor needs to be involved at all. Why you you know he's asking the mayor what should I do? And it's then like the mayor... sending a Navy SEAL off to see the president as he comes home to America. Aha, uh-huh, right. You think it's like one of those like, well done. Now go but to jail. You got your honor and ki- killing in, and now you go see the. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that. I mean, that's as good of an explanation as uh, as, as I can think of. This with this dude, Abdullah. The name is Andrew Abdullah. And uh, it said now there's a garnered controversy. So this is another. This is a, and what did this guy do with his life? Who, who is this guy? Who? Is, is this even going to get investigated? You talking about Andrew Abdullah? Yeah, or I bet you he's going to be called psychotic, going to a halfway house in four years, and this is all going to be over. Here's what, <laughs> here's, here's what we have: the violent Brooklyn pastor who on Tuesday made a failed attempt at arranging the alleged Q train shooter's surrender. Failed attempt at arranging it. Because he, because they brought him and uh, they they brought him to surrender. They and the, he wanted to go to the legal aid office first, but oh, you know they the were US ahead of him. Marshals intercepted him. Yeah, that's the sweetest deal I've ever heard in my life. Don't worry, we'll get that. That's talk about having a hook, getting you straight to the marshals. Well, they yeah, legal aid complained about it though. They're like, hey, we don't like that shit. What are you talking about? He didn't get his chance. He didn't. He he missed his opportunity to talk to counsel before the police. Well, you don't have to talk to the police. All you gotta do is go to jail. You, you, what are your options? What, what difference? All the lawyer is gonna say is, "Don't talk to anybody." I'll tell you that. I've seen enough interrogations to know. Don't get into a conversation. No, it's not worth it. Just say, "I would like a lawyer now." All right. So, uh, no matter fail. how curious you are, if you wait for a lawyer, you're gonna find out in like two hours anyway. Yeah. Wait for your lawyer. Yeah. Don't be curious about what they know, what they don't or know. What, what? I didn't even know what I was being arrested for. That's how I. That's how I got trapped talking to him. I wanted to find out what I was being arrested for. Well, I mean, I, to me, if you just keep asking what you get arrested for, that's not going to hurt you. If you're asking the questions and it's a, that broad of a question, I think that you're probably in. You know. Yeah. But they're uh, they're going to sort of uh, you know you, you, they can take you down a road. Uh, he's an ex-convict. It says with ties to, to Mayor Adams and the uh, uh, controversial. He's a controversial clergyman. He claimed to have spoken with while the suspect was on the loose. He drives a Rolls Royce. This B- Bishop Lamar Whitehead. No, Abdullah does not. I don't think drive a Rolls Royce. Uh, it's Bishop Lamar Whitehead who served a five-year prison sentence for multiple counts of identity fraud and grand larceny, uh, and was released in 2013 before forming a relationship with Adams. Uh, he's a, he's the Whitehead of Leaders of Tomorrow International Churches in Canarsie. Appeared at more than a dozen high-profile events with the mayor. Uh, with Adams when he was, you know, Brooklyn Borough President, and now that he's the, the mayor, you know, apparently he's still 
the relationship's still good, uh, you know, allegedly. This is the Post reported that in 2016, he'd been helped by public support uh, proclaimed by the retired NYPD Captain Adams, who introduced him at a concert that year in East Flatbush as my good friend and good brother. Uh, he's, you know, he's got a win over the uh, congregants there, you know, of course. Uh, Whitehead, who was busted in 2006 for that identity, thought he was ordained as a, as a bishop a decade later. Uh, so he wasn't ordained as a bishop until 2016. Ordained as a bishop in 2016. Uh, he used the uh, local limelight Adams provided to promote and raise money for Leaders of Tomorrow Brooklyn. That's a for-profit firm that he launched in early 2014 that billed itself as a youth mentorship nonprofit. It seems like that's another fraud right there. A for-profit firm he launched in early 2014 that billed itself as a youth mentor- mentorship nonprofit. We're a nonprofit. I mean, we make, we, of course, we make profit, but... So that means if this nonprofit's getting city money, they're putting it in their pockets, that's kind of fucked up. Uh, back in, in November 2014, the Brooklyn DA's office sent Whitehead a cease and desist letter after he promoted a collaborative justice initiative with a prosecutor that didn't actually exist. <laughs> he just did five years. <laughs> he comes out and goes, I got a new scam. This guy's a crook. He is a crook. I want to know about the killer. In a Rolls Royce. There's really not that much about him, my friend. You know, I guess he uh, took everybody's advice and when's, just uh, when's his next court date? Clammed up. We got to look him up. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Uh, there, there will always be more. You want to go? You want to go to his trials together? Yeah, I do. Let's do it, Dan. I do want to do that, and I bet you Bishop Whitehead might be there. There's a possibility. We got to go with a pen and paper. Fuck it. Maybe and even draw the, the rooms. Maybe even the mayor. Yeah, we're gonna draw it. Yeah. Our shitty fucking courtroom <laughs> art. Just a bunch of circles and lines and shit. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that it would be so much more interesting. I, courtroom art is interesting. It, it's it sh- bizarre, yeah. Yeah, it always seems to kind of like uh, it. It seems to be designed to make you form an opinion about what you're looking at. You know, it's not real neutral. No, never. How, how does where does the artist start if it's neutral? It's like almost impossible to draw something neutral. Yeah. It's, I'd say, completely impossible to, to draw something neutral or to say anything neutral. Neutrality doesn't exist. It's a, and it's a phenomenon when it does. If it does. Uh, Whitehead's claims are a partnership. The NYPD and Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce almost pushed back against Whitehead's claims that they are partnering with this group on initiatives. Here he is right here. It is uh, sort of like in his bishop finery, uh, as you can see. Uh, he has on a uh, big gold cross, big gold chain. Uh, and like sort of a <laughs> vest-looking thing, red sleeves, uh, a priest collar. He looks like MC Hammer, basically. These glasses and shit. You know what I mean? I want to beat this guy. You, you should have him on your show, dude. Uh, I doubt I can get him. I, I, you know, I mean, like, I. But it's worth a shot, ain't yeah. it? Like, say, hey, hey, man, I want to help you promote your nonprofit initiative. Help you promote the church. You know, we got a lot of Christian brothers. I think watch. I better gonna say, you know what, price is. Uh, Price is two thousand dollars or something. You know what I mean? There's some. There, he's not a guy that's you know in it for nothing. They he's not a guy. Uh, his legal troubles also did not stop after serving those five years, and he was in Sing Sing. July first, two thousand fifteen, he was arrested for allegedly hitting his then seven year old son. Well, that's a that's certainly a different level of crime. 
according to a parole violation release report. He got what? He hit his son. Arrested for allegedly hitting his seven-year-old son How in 2015. Gonna, have you ever had a... I mean, I never had a seven-year-old son. But I can imagine not... How could you not hit a seven-year-old kid? How do you not? <laughs> well, you just have a little self-control, and, and you go, you know what? I don't know. I'm I, on parole. <laughs> it's pretty hard. No matter what demographic you're from, you're probably going to hit a seven-year-old kid. Uh, well, Grandma, I mean, old lady, everyone hits a seven-year-old kid. Well, the case was dropped after officials found no probable <laughs> cause to prosecute anyway. So, you know, I, I, no probable cause. The kid doesn't even... The kid saying it, you would think, would be enough. Uh, he was arrested then, months later, in Uniondale, up on the island, for violating an order of protection. Uh, and as the Post reported back in 2016, Whitehead had been spotted driving around a violent Brooklyn in a Maserati... And a Bentley, despite owing $261,000 for an outstanding 2009 court judgment over an unpaid personal loan. Wonder who he borrowed that kind of money from, personally. Uh, that's a lot of money. And he's driving around it. I mean, like, Wait, I'm in much? debt. 200 I, I know what you're going to say. It's not a lot of money. $261,000. It's not a lot of money. From what? Personal loan. He owed that on a personal loan. And, well, it was an outstanding 2009 court judgment over an unpaid personal loan, so he probably had to pay some court costs and shit. Uh, and he'd been spotted around Brooklyn in a Maserati and a Bentley. This, and I'm sure that the guy goes, hey, wait, that motherfucker owes me $261,000. And he's got a and Maserati. What the fuck? Yeah, so he's like... Uh, the Maserati's probably like 30 grand. 30 now, grand. Now, after it's used, been driven all over the Brooklyn streets. Yeah. Sure. No doubt. <laughs> I'd be best. It's, it's, it's probably a Ford Escort with a Maserati body. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like those Fiero kits that they used to make. <laughs> now, I don't know about those. You, the, you remember those Ford Fieros or Pontiac Fieros? Like those little tiny cars they made? Oh, yeah. They made kits where you could put plastic Lamborghini parts over it. Oh, that's hilarious. And it looked like, exactly like a Lamborghini. Oh, that's hot. Yeah. And, and did the... What the Lamborghini is not the one with the doors that open up. Yeah. That's uh that's yeah. no. Oh, is it? Yeah. I thought that was. Wait. Then who? What? What was the deal with the doors on the other car? The fucking the one that got recalled and shit. The guy who was a cokehead. You know the one that they had in uh fucking Back to the Future. Oh, uh, that. Oh God. What was that car? Nobody can remember anything anymore. Yeah. I. You put me on the spot now. I think it starts with D. It, D. Um. Uh. Horrible. I know. It's happening Horrible. more and more, and I think it's the fucking chemtrails. <laughs> nah, this is... You, you caught me on this one. It is a uh, DeLorean. Yeah. Yeah, the DeLorean, of course. I'm glad I got the first letter. I don't know why. It doesn't really mean anything, but hell, it's it's something. You know what I mean? Uh, so, okay, as we continue, really quick, wrapping up this story about the bishop... Because that's really, fascinating the bishop's shit. about the killer. I mean, the 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 bishop is going to be whooping the killer's ass because we were sitting here talking about the bishop, and we weren't even talking about the killer. Well, what do you want me to say about the killer? He's at Andrew Abdullah. He turned himself in. He's How 25, old? Twenty five. The end. You know, that's all we, don't we know. We know what street he grew up on. We don't know what high school he went to. We don't know about his, what kind of cars he drives, where he gets his jackets. We don't know who he's friends with or his relationship wow. with the mayor. 
10 pages of press you, on this guy. You got to sell the sizzle, man. This guy has a lot. This is a lot of story. They're just they're just finding There's this in old 10 pages of nonsense. Not 10 pages of nonsense, man. This Surround- is important shit. Look, I'm reporting on it too. So let's uh, take it easy on the insults here. As more recent run-ins with the law came in 2006, a stolen Land Rover, the stolen Land Rover driving New Jersey resident arrested by police in Manhattan. For a $2 million identity. Th- so he was already driving a stolen car. That's that, the then 27-year-old. So right now, see, he was 27 in 2006. At least it's insured. 2007, 2006. 2006. So how old is he now? 16. This guy's in his, like, mid-40s. And he's a bishop. Here's the thing about the loan. Okay, the 10 counts of identity theft for allegedly targeting five victims in Suffolk County for a total of $250,000. Please believed in that uh, police believed he in Brooklyn swindled about 500 grand by stealing identities and obtaining lines of credit from financial institutions look at this frowning look at the bishop this is before he was ordained though before be- before he slept with Eric Adams yeah exactly they weren't even they never even met now there they are buddies see look how things turn for a guy you know the, the day th- after the Turkish baths things can really turn around once you spread monkeypox uh, at the Teaneck home, cops found a stolen 9mm uh, pistol, bulletproof vest. Brian Etta, that's a former volunteer for Adams' campaign, who separately sued Whitehead in 2007, told the Post in 2016, I'm surprised, from what I know about Eric Adams, that he would have a guy like Lamar Whitehead connected in any way. Huh. Uh, he says, uh, yeah, he, he let alone closely, he says, uh, still, Adam stood by Whitehead comparing the clergy member's rap sheet to his own arrest as a teenager when he was brutally beaten by NYPD officers <clears throat> inside a precinct after breaking into a sex worker's queen's home. The queen of the sex workers. He broke into her house. He, was, wait, he broke into a, a prostitute's home? And the officers beat him up and he sued him, I think. So w- was he pimping her out? I think he probably just wanted some pussy. I'm gonna, I'm guessing he oh, I break into a sex worker's home. I'm thinking, hey, uh, Eric Adams ran errands. He ran errands for a prostitute named Mickey as a teen. Well, we're learning about the mayor now. Why not? You want to go into it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, listen. Have you ever met the mayor? Well, the mayor and I are not intimate, but you know, we're I associates. Con- I would consider myself friends with the mayor. And uh, every time I've met him, he's been super, super. He's always gotten a kick out of me. He's been super nice to me. Super. He. I actually, I actually really like Eric Adams. Of course you do. <clears throat> and you know, you see how he handled the vaccine thing. He he did a pretty decent job with it. Well, he just immediately re-upped the fucking thing that Tabazio was doing. Nah. He yeah, he it, did. The day one, day he, fucking one, my day friend. Day one, he said he was re-upping it. He did. And then he, he just didn't say it, it. He signed he it. He let it all go away. No, he signed it. He let it all go away. Dude, that the was, Yankees are that playing. That was over a year Everyone ago. That playing. was over a year this ago. COVID thing is over. Uh, you're, you're he let just, it all go away. He handled it very well. You're biased. He didn't he, handle it very now well. Now we just need to get a sm- somebody to handle somebody to help out small businesses around here. Uh, it's your you you have your blinders on. We do need somebody helping small businesses because a lot of them up here are just like fucking fronts. Some you're telling me these this cupcake company, you know, with the same sign as the fucking skateboard place next to it or whatever the fuck. It's all bullshit. Uh, I, who knows what? I guess they're washing money for somebody. I don't know. But anyway, let's talk about this. 
He frequently told the story of his arrest and beating by NYPD cops when he was a teenager, but for the first time, he's revealed the backstory of that encounter. It involves a part-time prostitute named Mickey. And if you're a part-time prostitute, you might as well be a full-time prostitute. That just means that she, uh, you know, made her money, uh, you know, in a smaller number of tricks in time. Or, or she's your mom. <laughs> uh, by the time he was 15, Adams was known as a tough little guy, trusted to run numbers and hold money for older hustlers in the neighborhood. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, that's according to Juan Williams. You know Juan Williams. Of course. A life was hustle, and Eric was making it, hanging out with an older crowd. Took him into a local strip club, Pier 2, where he met, or Pier 11, where he met a, I think it's Pier 2, though, where he met a dancer and part-time prostitute named Mickey. Mickey teased the streetwise kid, wearing only a tiny bra and G-string. She would chat with little Eric between acts. Then she broke her leg, and Eric went to see her at her apartment. He started running errands for her while she couldn't dance, picking up groceries, booze, and smoke. He's 15. He's picking up. He's picking up booze and smoke. Well, it was probably legal for 18-year-olds at the time for doubt for alcohol, right? He was 15. How? Yeah, how old is he? He's like 60. He's in his 60s. Right now, at this point in the story, he's 15. I don't know how old he is. This was in. Uh, I don't know if they gave the year, but it's a while back. He was when he was 15, and he was a tough little guy, and he would find the smoke. I would say but, this is the seventies. It says once, uh, once Mickey. Oh, it's I think, I think it's before that, but I don't know. Once Mickey recovered. Now I'm not doing the math, so I don't know. <laughs> once Mickey recovered, she kicked her errand boy to the curb. Adams demanded compensation for the groceries and other work he had done for her. She refused to pay him. Uh, how about that? You do the work, and then you go, and then she didn't want to give her the pussy, and she you know kicks him to the curb. He's like, hold on now, pay me for all that shit. Oh boy. See, he was not such a nice guy. He wasn't like this helpful dude. He was smitten with the G-string and the bra, and he's probably fucking her this whole time, getting his dick sucked or something. I'm sure he at least was like getting to see her nude. I mean, you know, he's like, he, a guy's not going to come, even at 15, right? You're only going to come and deliver groceries, booze, and smoke a certain number of times before you go, all right, fuck this. So... It takes a little while for a broken leg to recover all the way back to dancing. I'm going to say that he was fucking her. He demanded compensation. So Adams and his older brother, Conrad, got into her uh, apartment by using a key that she'd given them, took a television set and, mo and, <laughs> and money order as repayment. T took a money order? Tell me how that works. Took a money order. She had a money order laying around. I mean, yeah, but you could just go right to the check cashier place, pay eleven or eight percent on it. Nobody knows about it, and that's it. Yeah. Well, I find it interesting. She had a money order laying around. I guess money order. I mean, it's not that common in my world, but maybe it is. In the seventies, I'm sure probably more so. I guess. Yeah, people didn't even have ATMs. When Adams yeah. tried to cash in the money order, cops nabbed him. Though they allegedly beat him so badly at the 103rd Police Precinct in Jamaica, Queens, that he urinated blood for a week. Wow, that's pretty bad. I guess they fucked up his kidneys. They they got him good. <laughs> 
despite the experience, Adams became a cop a decade later. Despite it, probably because of it, he's like, I want to beat people till they piss yeah. blood. Identi- that's a negative, uh, what you call a neg- negative identification, identifying with you, who you perceive to be your aggressor. Uh, he became a cop a decade later with a mission to reform the department from within. Ah, it's long-term violence against the department. Spokesman for uh, Adams said that Williams took some uh, s- some artistic license with the profile, Vaughn Williams, and I believe that. But that it's been well-documented and that he was arrested for trespassing because uh, he felt he hadn't been compensated for odd jobs. And that dick. Excuse me. Well, that's a that's the story of Mayor Adams. I, you know, a lot of people do like you know you know what else people like Joe Biden, even people who are dyed in the wool, not the way he is in terms of uh, they man, I, I can't see, a guy from Delaware is what it was. He's dead now, but he was ta- he was telling me uh, Joe Biden he doesn't really say shit about him because he uh, he likes him. You know, he's just that kind of dude. Politicians are charismatic on a personal level. You know, when Bill Clinton would meet people, we were like, oh, my God. It's like I was the only person in the room, the Bill Clinton charisma. You know, I, I know a guy who met him. Uh, Mike uh, O'Sullivan met him. He's a guest on the show a lot. And he uh, said the same thing. It's just like, it's incredible the way he would make you feel. So you're just a victim of that fucking charisma, you know, because he's a born politician. You don't get to be even a captain in the police department without being a politician. Yeah. They're very political. Oh, yeah. And that's the way that is. I mean, it, it, that's probably harder than becoming mayor. <laughs> yeah, probably was. Because, you know, if you want to become mayor, all you got to do is become the Democrat nominee, and there's nobody else around. And we're due for a and, black guy. And not only that, it's your homeboy from Canarsie who you've known for in the same city. For, like, you talk about you, votes? If you think that was the first time Curtis Lebo and Eric Adams met, you're crazy. They've been, run, they've been running these same streets, same subways. These guys have been buddy-buddy and partners the whole time. I bet you it was arranged for Curtis Lewa to run, at, run when Eric Adams ran. Why? To ensure that Eric Adams would win. <laughs> are, you, a, are you kidding me? The how lousy of a campaign did Curtis The Lewa Democrats run? could run a, a fucking glad bag of dog turds. To, you know, well, look whoever, at our Congress. I mean, whoever on the Republican side. You know that. Who are you going to vote for? Nadler or, uh, <laughs> or Maloney? Anybody. Anybody rather than Nadler. What about Carol Maloney? Oh, well, I mean, they're not running against each other. Yeah, they are. Really? Yeah. Nadler. Yeah, they're running against each other. Carol Maloney. You're talking about the one. She's already a. A Congress, a district, and the, yeah, and Nadler's what swi- he's switching. So she districts. had like the Upper East Side in Astoria, uh-huh. and Nadler had all the way to the Upper West Side, all the way to like uh, Borough Park. Okay, a really weird district he had, and uh, they switched it to basically Midtown Manhattan, and like all the way to 125th Street uh-huh. is just one district. So the reconfiguration of the districts. Is so like- it pins, and basically they lost the district. So it's going to be Nadler versus Maloney. <laughs> okay. Uh, you mean in the primary? Yeah. All right. Well, the thing is, once you win the primary, and who was in the primary versus Eric Adams? I don't I mean, was there even? I don't even uh, recall. That Hernandez woman from Sanitation, um, she almost won. Uh, the uh, other progressive woman 
Uh, she wasn't that bad. Oh, I know you're talking about. Uh, oh. The one that's a DA in Queens now, right? Tiffany Caban, I she's mean. She's terrible. Terrible. Terrible what? for New York. She's a nice girl. Legalized prostitution all that. And I don't want to get into that with you. I'm, I'm sure you're for it. No, but, I think prostitution should is like the one thing that government should maybe... Prostitution is the one thing we can't let be legalized because we're legalizing sex slavery at that point. You're right. Yeah, and and the thing is, it, that's it, you're not only legalizing it, you're ringing the dinner bell for a bunch more of it because that's it, what's going to happen. You legalize it. It, it, cre- it would create like, a whole entire industry oh, out fuck. of sex slavery. I'm going to no. force women to have sex. No, <laughs> if you can intimidate a woman, you can own your own business. Yeah, you're right. But but I don't think that every prostitute should be seen as a victim that way. Uh, some of them aren't victims. You know, they're not all you know working for somebody. Some of them are independent. You know, and 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 the thing is, even if they're not independent, they a lot of them had still made it the as an adult choice. You know, to sell their ass. Not that many, maybe, but I mean, there's a number of them. I just don't think that. Uh, and and if you're gonna punish the guy buying the pussy, I think you got to punish the woman selling the pussy. Uh, if she's not a slave. But they think that they they see it as this empowered thing. They imagine prostitutes to all be these like I don't know. I mean, I'm talking about people who support legalizing prostitution. Like they she like is these such a beautiful Madonna, and you'd be blessed to touch this woman, and you're paying twelve hundred dollars just to bow at her feet. Yeah, because she's so beautiful. And then and then everything else is negotiated. You know, if she's gonna lick your balls, that's an extra fucking two hundred bucks or some shit. You know, and then oh man, you set your own prices. I'm an empowered woman. I can if my body, I can sell it. Now, women do that when they're not prostitutes. You know what I mean? Like you take a ride home. A guy is expected to pay for the Uber if he wants you to fucking leave. You know, that's you can what count the, on that. That's the cynics got this thing down. They the just cynics. make you get married at seventeen when it's impossible not to be hot. Yeah, you remember your wife when she was hot forever, and yeah. you just don't mess around ever again. Yeah, and then you don't touch her. You don't. You don't have to be with her while she's on her period. How beautiful is that? Well, I mean, I, I I'm not afraid of that. In fact, I I have in the past considered. That, I wanted to hold on one second before you say anything because I've given this some thought. Oh yeah. They have a ritual bath at the end of their period. You know, uh, yeah. That's how afraid of the fucking period blood they are. How not kosher it is. They will not touch their wife when she's on her period. But women do get horny, at just like they would at any other time. Once there's no cramps and they're feeling okay, but they're just bleeding. Hey, Shark Week is a fucking go for yeah, them. They'll take a bite out of the apples. No so, here, so here's the way I feel about it. Now, since they have a situation where there's something that they're not really allowed to do, you know, it's very similar to turning on the radio on the Shabbat. And, uh, you know, they'll have a Shabbat Goy come in and turn on the radio for a dime. Well, hell, I have offered my services as a Shark Week Goy. A period week going, a Shabbat goy for sex to go and fuck their wives when they can't. What do you think? I think it is a splendid idea. <laughs> Dan Kreisman, uh, much appreciated, man. Thanks for hanging out. It's a blast talking to you, as always. And everybody check out NYC Crime Report, nyccrimereport.locals.com, nyccrimereport.locals.com. That's where you find the video for this. And uh, if you're looking at me now, you're there. Uh, it's right uh, there along with, geez, uh, so many other shows. Uh, Late as fuck being one of those. That's uh, with myself and uh, special guest Douglas Nelson. Of course, 
reasonably well informed with Al Pontillo. Uh, shows with Ray Schneider's, including Monday Morning Quarterback, and then with Michael O'Sullivan, retired NYPD. That's called Notorious NYC. So there's stuff there. There's even a music show. Uh, that's a, more of a monthly deal. Brandon from Indy. Shout out. So look, uh, definitely check out NYC.crime report. NYC Crime Report, excuse me. NYC Crime Report. .com. And right now, you subscribe you get like three free months so it's not even five dollars a month if you do it that way it's less less and there's programming there okay trust me on that and it's coming all the time and there's videos and stuff if you want to see the videos and stuff we talked about that is the place thank you for listening to new york city crime report